Hey, Janet. Hey, Kent. <laughs> I was trying not to cough. <laughs> I didn't want to get COVID on you. But now, <clears throat> what do you call a broken can opener? What? A can't opener. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Welcome to Manny versus Mommy. That's Janet. That's Kent. Neil Hexham. I didn't know if we were to like a last name basis yet. <laughs> I forgot what base we're on. So, what are you brought to us by this week? Good question. I had thought of one earlier and now I'm like, uh, I don't remember. What am I brought to us by this week? Probably the generic Midol that I picked up from Walgreens that you had helped me discover works for tension headaches. Isn't that incredible? It is. It really is. It, it helps better so than well. the Excedrin caffeine stuff. Yeah. Excedrin tension. Way better. <laughs> what are you brought to us by? Generic Midol. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's such a good one. I am brought to everyone by water. I was super dehydrated yesterday, so I drank almost a full gallon. Generic Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> Fuji water. Oh, Fuji. I do that every time. Fuji. Fuji. Not Fiji. Fuji. But I've discovered a new appreciation or thirst for water. I think I sometimes go through cycles where I don't want it at all. Mm-hmm. And now I'm on the, like, I have to have it all the time. Yay. And I feel so much better. That's great. Oh, the other thing I brought to you by is my photo shoot that I'm going to do this afternoon. I'm very excited. Oh. It's upcoming, the but... other thing I've brought you by is doing nothing this afternoon, and I'm even more excited. <laughs> hey, that sounds pretty fabulous, I'm going to try to one-up you this entire podcast. That's fine. <laughs> I, I can handle it today. I'm pretty chill. So I came across an article that I thought was really interesting, but I didn't read it. I just read the, article, the title, and I was like, <laughs> yep, that's an interesting one for me. It's from PositiveParentingSolutions.com, and it's titled, I was a hard-to-be-around adult until I knew better. Ooh. So this is a guest post from New York Times bestselling author, Rachel Macy Stafford. She says, a few months ago, I came across a photo taken during a beach vacation with my extended family when my firstborn daughter, Natalie, was a baby. Some beach vacation memories kind of run together, but not this one. I remember every shameful moment of that trip. So, any thoughts before I go any further? No, I want to hear her Any story. I'm curious. Flashbacks or I go through periods like this every once in a while where I'll see a picture and I'll be like, oh, I was a jerk during that time <laughs> to everyone. Seeing So she continues, seeing my husband's family members standing next to me and recalling how loving they were to me when I was so hard to be around brought a lump to my throat. While no one ever came right out and mentioned how difficult I was to be around during that trip, during that season, that period of my life, I knew that I was. I was controlling and critical. I overreacted to small things and nothing was ever good enough. Mm. So I love this like moment of self-reflection. Just pausing. Yeah, I have those. I have those for sure. Do you want to reflect with wanna the rest share of us? <laughs> I'm going to share with the class. Um, there were periods of my life where there was just my mental health was not good. I hadn't discovered my diagnosis of bipolar disorder. And so in my early 20s, mid-20s, when I was having all five kids at once, (laughs) it was just, it was a really ugly time. And I was, I mean, my marriage was in really bad shape, and I wasn't willing to look at myself at the time. 
I was just, you know, kind of in survival mode. And So thinking about those times, is there any friends or family members that really stand out to you? During that time During period? During that time period. Yeah, my oldest sister was a big support through all of that. So it's, I like doing that as well to be like, okay, who during this moment or this period when I was a real jerk, who called me out on my stuff, who mm-hmm. was there for me, even though I was rude and kind of reflect and helps me appreciate them as more as a person. Yeah. And that level of commitment they had, because I've gone through some pretty mean phases in my life. You couldn't no. be. Then who? <laughs> <laughs> she says, while recalling my behavior that I now know was masking a deep unspoken pain, my face burned with embarrassment. But as shame and regret were about to get sabotaged, but as shame and regret were about to sabotage the present moment, I gently told myself, no, you're not going there. Today matters more than yesterday. Who you are becoming matters more than who you once were. I love that. And I think that circles back to at Michelle Chalfant at the adult chair, um, that idea of sitting with yourself during that time period. Because, you know, I know some of my teenage stuff was not real pretty. And sitting down with my 17-year-old self, 16, 17-year-old self, and just talking, you know, and and trying to understand where she's coming from, I think that that allows us to give ourselves a lot more grace for who we were. Because you look back and you're like, you know what? You were doing the best you could maybe at the time. Or maybe you weren't. And maybe you can go back and call yourself out on it and go, hey, that's not cool. And that, that can help resolve that regret and shame so that, you know, maybe it doesn't come up as often. Yeah. For ad measure, I recited Maya Angelou's wife saying, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Yep. What a great motto to live by in life. Well, you don't know what you don't know. You know what you know, and you know what you don't know. But you don't know what you don't know, right? So and how that's do I limitless. help people know what they don't know that I know that they should know? Oh, you do a pretty good job of that. <laughs> it's pretty clear. <laughs> I just needed a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I reminded myself that is exactly what I've done over the past decade of my life. By chronicling my most painful truths and using them as catalysts for healing and growth, I've become the person I didn't think that I would ever become. So I love that perspective of utilizing those past painful experiences to help shape you in the future. That's what I generally try to do. I don't really live with regret. I don't have anything that I'm like, oh, that was the stupidest thing ever. It got me to where I am. It's just part of who I am, part of my experiences, rather than dwelling on something and feeling like my life should or could be different than it is. It's not. Here's where I am. What do I do with it now? Because there's only today. Right? That you hear that all the time. Cliches are cliches for a reason. (laughs) No, I just mean like you can't change the past and you can't predict the future. The only thing that we have really is today, right now. It's hard to stay present though. Sounds like a Lion King quote to me. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's in the past. (laughs) That's true though. And I think it goes back to an appreciation of people who were around me when I wasn't someone easy to be around. Yeah. And how... You know, they're going through their own stuff as well. They're going through whatever trauma or whatever just life is throwing at them. And realizing that there must be something there if they're willing to stick by you through that. Yeah. And so that helps me appreciate and deepen relationships knowing I was a complete jerk. They could have walked away and they didn't. And that inspires me to use that as how can I be a better friend to them in the future? Yeah. That connection's important. 
She goes on to say, man, for dyslexic, it was bad to pick a long article. <laughs> Want some help, friend? Someone who is easy to be around, and I don't say easy as in pushover, but easy as in accepting, open, optimistic, forgiving, and peaceful. I wanted to be that person, and as a result, my relationships with the people I love have also healed and strengthened. Like any positive transformation, this growth didn't happen overnight, and honestly, I'm not sure I would have fully realized its impact on my relationship with my daughter had it not been for a late-night disaster that occurred a few months back. So now you know her daughter's grown. I was due to deliver a keynote for an important organization that empowers young people. I had worked on the presentation for weeks, making sure to save the document throughout the writing process. But when I went to print out the script the night before, it was nowhere to be found. After a futile two-hour search, I walked upstairs and knocked softly on Natalie's bedroom door. Is everything okay, she said, sitting up quickly in her bed. I lost my speech that I am giving in the morning, and I just know that I saved it, but I can't find it, I said, trying to hold back tears. Can you help me? Natalie promptly took my computer into her hands and started clicking buttons, opening folders, and checking recent documents. For over ten minutes, she searched by title and various keywords. While she searched, Natalie said not a word, which gave me time to think. I remember my thoughts in that moment quite vividly. She is not shaming me. She is not blaming me. She is not doubting or dismissing me. She is seeing me. She is standing with me. My problem is her problem. I am not alone, and I can breathe. Mm. I love that. So what a awesome <clears throat> thought process in a moment of like severe stress. Yeah. And instead of anger or frustration you know the emotions that are cheap and easy to go to she was appreciative of her relationship with her daughter that she was it's a different focus entirely and it takes a while i think to reframe those moments we can do it with any moment really when we're ready to shift our perspective on it we can tell we can tell a different story about that experience because we write the story right so whatever the experience looks like we can take that knee-jerk reaction of blaming and you know, anger, those cheap, like you said, emotions, or we can gain a different perspective. The sooner I feel like I can get to a place where I say, what are my lessons? What, what do I need to learn from this experience? Because there's lessons here. And that's a really cool lesson. That's a really cool distinction to pull away from that experience is how grateful she is for the relationship she has with her daughter and the fact that she's She's not angry about it. She's not, you know, unwilling to help. She's not making her feel stupid. That's cool. It kind of makes me reflect back on an experience we had recently with one of your kids needing help with something and the reactions and just the whole experience where everyone walked away so frustrated and annoyed. Yeah, and it's still happening. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers are a challenge for sure in their own right. How do we take a step back and just, okay, breathe? I'm not as controlling as I used to be, I'll tell you that. The Al-Anon program helped me with that. It's the sister program to AA, which is for alcoholics. And Al-Anon is the same kind of 12-step program for uh, family members and loved ones of alcoholics. And so it's like, here's my codependency. And a lot of people are what they call double qualifiers, (laughs) where they're both an alcoholic and maybe the child of an alcoholic. And so they grew up with that codependency piece and needing to control and fix everything And a lot of that stems from the anxiety induced by the alcoholic and their addiction, you know, and it's either that or anger. But one of the things I learned pretty quickly from there was 
how to let go of the control and trying to make someone else's life what I thought it should be, which I know you struggle with too. But it's, you know, letting other people's journey be their journey, I think is so important. And it's You're hard. It's such a stupid journey. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to watch, you know, and there's, and be supportive. There's nothing I can do, you know, making what I consider mistakes. I mean, I made a lot of those over the years and it's my journey. It's part of who I am. And same thing applies for other people. <sighs> Deep breaths. I can just help you avoid this shit, though. Like, yes, that's... but it's not up to you. The, the help is there, like we talked about. The help is there. If it's not received, I'm not going out of my way to force it on you because it's not worth my energy. It's that idea of meeting halfway, you know? I've just worked too hard on my codependency. And it's great because my kids are making choices that I would not be making, and yet I just try and love and support them until they... Get a prefrontal cortex. <laughs> They're lovely. <laughs> mm, all right, so we got to finish the story because I'm dying to know how it ends. Okay. I'm hoping tragedy. <laughs> Time the plus tragedy equals humor. Flame and, oh, uh, it got pretty dark. Unable to find the document after trying everything she knew how to do, Natalie reluctantly handed the computer back to me, saying how sorry she was. Thank you so much for trying, I said, feeling unexpectedly hopeful. As I walked downstairs, I realized that watching Natalie open files triggered a memory from a few days prior. I had been working away from home, and when I tried to save my presentation, I got a message saying it could not be saved unless I was connected to the internet. I sat down at the kitchen table, feeling confident that my presentation was saved in a remote location. As I searched, a text from Natalie popped up. She wrote, Text me if you have any luck finding it. I'm really sorry this happened. I know how hard you... I know how hard you work to always be prepared for these things, and you do so much for all of us. I'm really sorry, and I hate that this happened. If there's anything else I can do, please let me know. I couldn't explain why, but her compassionate response to my plight gave me added hope and determination. I feel like no matter what resulted, I could deliver that speech in a few hours. Had I not had Natalie to turn to, and had she not received me so kindly in that moment of crisis, I'm certain I would have not felt this way. Reflecting back on that moment now, there is also this. Had I stayed the person who was hard to be around, a person who couldn't be pleased, a person who held tightly to her plan, a person who met mistakes with exasperated sighs, I'm not sure that my daughter would have welcomed me into her room late that night. And I'm quite certain she wouldn't be welcoming me into her own catastrophes, heartaches, and challenges as she grows. Interesting... Lee, this experience relates to one of the most unforgettable conversations. Oh, okay, we're not going to go into that one. <laughs> A new story. But what an amazing process. So did she find the speech? She doesn't say. She doesn't say. No. I but she felt that. confident she could give it. She Either way. Her. Yeah. Either way, she was in a space instead of panic and frustration. She was in a place of hope and peace. So like you said, even if she didn't find what she had written, she could put together enough to deliver the speech in a few hours. That's cool. So to conclude, because it's a lot of reading, and when it goes italics or bold, it throws me completely off. (laughs) So she says, easy to be around adults don't always expect conversation. They accept that quiet is needed and even welcome or create periods of connective silence with young people that they love. I thought that was kind of an interesting... Are you being quiet? So that we can I'm. I'm hearing your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> You're just I was waiting. It's like, what's going on? 
But I like having those moments when everything can just be quiet and just we're here, we're connected. We don't have to entertain one another. And I think that comes from a place of trust, you know. It's tough sometimes with people to get to a place where that silence is okay. But a lot of times I'll just shift to more feeling energy unless my brain is spinning out of control. That's the other alternative. So I, I typically in silence will connect energetically or my brain just spins with thoughts. So recently I've been watching this show called Zoe's Infinite Playlist. Uh-huh. And it's on the premise of this girl can hear people's inner thoughts through song. So people just break out in song and it's, you know, their inner thoughts. So that's what I've been doing lately. If there's been silence, I'm like, I wonder what song this person would apply to this situation. <laughs> what are they thinking? And that's usually what I have going in my head, the song or a song. that thought process. That's interesting. <laughs> Easy to be around adults. Don't take bad attitudes and grumpy dispositions personally. They realize young people are coping with a lot, both internally and externally, and understand that the poor attitude being displayed is most likely not about them. I disagree. <laughs> it's always about me. <laughs> Easy to be around adults. Don't interrogate. Instead, they, instead of peppering young people with questions, easy to be around adults make themselves available and approachable. When the young people do talk, there is, the adult pushes aside what they are doing to listen fully and express a genuine interest in what is being said. I try to do that. <laughs> I don't know that I'm very good at it. And I, I think it's interesting because... Yeah, I don't know. Does it feel like interrogation when I ask you questions? Sometimes. Does it feel like an interrogation right now? No. It should. Oh. <laughs> yes, it does. Here's the swinging light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly. So, what's the, the difference between when it feels like interrogation and when it doesn't feel like interrogation? Um, I feel like the topics are usually a bit more serious when it feels like an interrogation, and I feel like I'm being attacked. Why do you feel like you're being attacked? I don't know, because it's, like, about me fixing myself, and so it's like, ah, you know? <laughs> you're not alone. That doesn't ever go away, by the way. Can we quote you about that? How <laughs> 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 do you spell that phonetically? <laughs> but I think it's interesting, because sometimes I'm not trying to interrogate. I'm just trying to initiate a conversation. What's going on in your life? Well, and I think that's kind of the point here is that if it's coming across as interrogating and in those moments, it doesn't sound like it does. It's more about when it's a tougher topic that you're bringing up instead of making yourself available and being approachable for when they're ready. But my problem is they don't ever want to talk to me. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're never around. Well, when I am around, they're all hanging out with each other or doing other stuff. And I'm like, okay. They just, they don't ever really approach me. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. How can I be more approachable? I guess. Maybe you don't have an approachable face. I don't. It's called a resting bitch face for a reason, can but there's no rest happening. my favorite quote ever? Yes. I said uh, to my sister... <laughs> You have a resting bitch face. You know what she replied to me? Hmm. It's my favorite ever. She turns to me and she goes, at least I don't have a resting bitch personality. <laughs> <laughs> that was years ago. I still remember. It's the funniest thing I've ever. Oh, that's ever awesome. Like, that's kind of true. The funny thing is I was looking at this article and the next one that um, she brings up, easy to be around adults. We were just talking about don't judge decisions. Maybe it's not the choice the adult would have made, but that does not mean it's wrong or won't result in their learning experience. 
easy to be around adults express curiosity instead of judgment by saying something like, I'd like to hear more about why you took that route. Why would you go that way? (laughs) See, different, (laughs) different. Those are, you know, open-ended questions versus, I don't know, it's the tone in it because it can be very accusatory. More than curious. Doesn't mean it's wrong or won't result in the learning experience. That's learning what I experience. It's yep. a learning experience. It's a learning experience for you. Yeah, and how That's quickly a fun lesson you get to learn. How quickly you shift to getting those lessons and being grateful for the opportunity to learn those lessons from the experience, the faster it all goes. Or you could stay stuck and angry and resistant and <laughs> the longer you resist your crap, the longer you spend in it. It's easier than trying to confront it. It's really not in the long <laughs> no, run. Though. The only way out no, is through. Currently. So one of your kids' counselors said the greatest analogy that I've ever heard. Is it my counselor? No. no. Um, she said that... What counselor do you talk to? Stop talking. <laughs> Therapist. <laughs> one of your other kids' therapists. I forgot what I was saying. Now I have to delay. Oh, she said that... The younger you are, the more like a cement trunk your mind is. A cement truck trunk? your mind is. Well, that's a big problem. Are we burying the car? <laughs> like, how many people are in this car that we're putting in the bottom of some water feature? She's really wise. Just let me get her words out. <laughs> All right, we're ready. We're zen again. We're focused. Everybody with us? You're not being a very easy to be around adult right now, Janet. What did she say, Kent? You have the talking stick. Oh... So she said, the younger you are, the more like a cement trunk your mind is. That it spins and keeps... I said trucking. You trunk said again. trunk again. Stop touching me. <laughs> I'm not even... I'm touching the blanket. <laughs> we were zenned out. You ready? I am. We get it. Cement. Cement. Hard time truck. words. Wait. Words are hard. Math is hard too. Cement truck. The more Proceed. pliable the cement is when you're young, as opposed to how it hardens as you get older. So you're able to be... Able to confront and fix those issues, Anthony, when you're younger. It's true. You know, every time I go to this goddess circle, I think I might have mentioned this. um, I go to a moon goddess circle once a month for the full moon. And we talk about the different goddesses that are represented and the type of moon that it is and the work that we can do on ourselves during that time because of how it correlates with moon. Because especially as women, we follow the moon cycle, (laughs) like our bodies follow it and really connect with it. You know, a lot of women give birth around a full moon. The full moon's not around the 10th this time, unfortunately, Um, which is when I'm going to have this baby, 5, 10, 20. But a lot of women have babies on full moons. The hospitals are overwhelmed on full moons, (laughs) like emergency departments and stuff. Anyway, so anytime we're there, if I have one of my girls with me, which often I do, uh, one of my older teenage girls, my somebody in the group will say, you are so lucky to have learned the things that you have already at this point, you know, with it, regards to codependency or self-confidence or anything like that, that they're getting their lessons along the way. It's like, oh, we would have killed to have been that far at your age. <laughs> so I have to pat myself on the back a little bit. Everybody, you know, says, oh, you had to have something to do with that. I'm like, yeah, and they're great kids. You know, it's. It's a balance. I'm the something you had to do with it. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Where's my compliment this time? <laughs> <laughs> you got to fish for him. That. <laughs> you throw the line out again. Oh, you're going to have to work for it. Yeah, you're going to have to work for that one. <laughs> Easy to be around adults. Don't have all the answers. It's hard to be around someone who knows it all, especially when it comes to one's own personal life. 
<coughs> Throughout a teen's path to independence, they need a sounding board, not a know-it-all. I disagree. A for effort? <laughs> I just think we're so underutilized for so much knowledge and... I agree, but they have to come to us. They have to be I'm not waiting seeking for that. it out. They have to be seeking it out because when the student is ready, the teacher appears. <laughs> Before that, it's just lecturing and like fine, figure it out on you your own. I don't want to waste energy. <laughs> I don't want to waste the energy helping somebody who doesn't want to be helped. I'd rather focus my energy on those who do. And right now, a lot of times that's just the little ones. Younger for it. In the long run, it's so much better, though. Come on. So where's the difference between a voice of warning and a know-it-all? Uh, in my opinion, the intention, first of all. Because your, your voice of warning comes from where? A place of love and concern and curiosity. How do you plan to get through this, right? Really seeking yeah. to understand first. Versus a know-it-all, it's like, you're an idiot if you don't do it this way. You know, versus I'm happy to share my wisdom if you're open to it. And I think that starts with a simple question. Can I share my perspective? You can't ask questions. It's interrogating. <laughs> it comes back to the intention. You know what the real reason I had us read this article? For Anthony. It's an invitation. It is an invitation. to change. No, because now I can just sit by myself and be like, your kids haven't come to me. I'm letting them come to me in their own time. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. I know, I know you too well. There's no way you could. Oh, I like the next one, too. Um, easy to be around adults. Don't expect perfection. They communicate that mistakes are part of life, dismissing the notion that perfection is needed in life's journey, which is very damaging to personal growth, happiness, and well-being. Easy to be around adults also share their own mistakes, becoming a trusted source of support when things go wrong. I'm not giving them any ideas. <laughs> Whatever you already have. <laughs> I think, you know, and it, it depends. There's a lot of situations that come up where it's not only important to share your mistakes and how you work through it so that they can learn from that, right? Like from a coach or a mentor kind of role, mm -hmm. Um, but also to empathize, to remember a time when you have felt like that in your life and to really connect with that emotion that they're struggling with at the time. I think that's I hard to do. Emotions, but <laughs> that's true. It's all logic for you. <laughs> You're cold hearted, cold hearted. But no, I, I think there's a fine line. You don't want to necessarily disclose all of your all of your uh, mistakes over the years. And there's <laughs> there's boundaries around that. For I mean, sure. I'm telling Genevieve all the stuff I did as a teenager. <laughs> Yeah, you certainly don't want to this give them any ideas. Needs to know. Oh my gosh, she's already yeah. Ugh. She's anyway. already plotting how she's gonna kill somebody. It's fine. Anthony, Everything's I have a question, fine. Question for you. Okay. The house is burning. Everything's fine. This Everything's is okay. Everything's fine. This is fine. Do you? Would you say that you think I expect perfection? Yes. How so? Do you just expect everything to go your way, even when it doesn't, and when it doesn't, you get super frustrated? And your way is just perfect. It's true. There's no other way. There's no alternative. There's no compromise. Hence way or the highway. Was that really how you feel? Nah, I just... Sometimes I feel that, but other times it's like, eh, it'll be fine if I don't get it, like, exactly. And other times like, oh my god, I better get it right, you know? I think it's a, he a healthy amount of fear, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm okay, and other times I'm scared. 
Says the guy who grew up on horror films. <laughs> Basically weaned on horror oh, films. I love it. So, hmm. it's a lot to digest. Yeah, don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. No, I do, but I need time to think, to plot it all out. <laughs> plot out plot how, to prove, to. how to prove that I'm right and they're wrong. What areas do you think I expect perfection? Or what areas do you think I'm more demanding in? Um... Getting responsibilities taken care of. Any other areas? That's about it. Because that's just like a very wide range. And like everything you expect perfection from is in there. Like homework, chores, uh, make sure your stuff gets done. Communication. Which rarely happens. Well, I keep sitting there waiting for the kids to come talk to me, and it's not <laughs> happening. Interesting. I love getting your point of view on things. Because my point of view... Can we talk about homework? Let's talk about homework. Okay. What is your point of view from what changes I've made to how homework is done? Like, from when? From when the quarantine started till... Till now? Yeah. Um... You've gotten more, like, not really strict, but you've gotten less lax with us about it, because Jamie and I both had bad grades, because we would do, like, an hour of schoolwork a day, and then go downstairs. But now we have to be upstairs all day, and be working on stuff, and our grades are a lot better for it. So it's not like you're just trying to, like, torture us by making us stay upstairs all day. It's for our own good. And with the kids, it's like stayed the same. You sent them outside for the last couple hours at your home. <laughs> hey, I Recess. get all their homework done in the morning, and then they play outside. Vitamin D. We talked about it. It's important. Even on rainy days, Even there's still days. some vitamin D in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Put on a bigger coat. Goodbye. And my perspective of the situation was, I let you do it your way for a couple of weeks. It's not working. This is now how we have to do it. Because during the process, I'd remind and be like, hey, are you done? Is, it, is this going? Is this happening? Yeah, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And then when midterms came out, it's like, oh, this isn't really happening. So how could I have approached that situation differently? Uh, I don't know if there would have been a different, better way to do it, because... I'm not sure if I would have actually done my homework if you hadn't been like, this is how we're doing it. You need to stay up here and be working the whole time. Because, like, if nothing had changed, I would have just done my work for, like, an hour and then gone downstairs and, like, did whatever. But and what's changed in our relationship over the past couple of weeks? more than we did before just because I'm upstairs more there's more interaction Mm -hmm. the interaction isn't focused around your homework usually yeah you know what sucks as a parent what choosing when do I want to enforce this rule and deal with the consequences and when do I just want to let this rule slide because I don't want to have to deal with the consequences that's always me the latter (laughs) almost always it's so hard 
Well, that's the difference, is I'm going to have to be a jerk. And you were very upset for a few days. I wouldn't even, like, talk to you. Yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> is he going to make eye contact today? Nope, okay. <laughs> but eventually we got over it, and things got worked out. And now school's just released that no new assignments after the first. Yep. So I told Anthony, if you're caught up, by the time it's done, you get three extra weeks of summer. And yeah. it doesn't help that I can't hold a grudge. Like, I'll That's be mad true. for like two days and then it's like, <laughs> why was I mad? Why was I? <laughs> That's what happens with me in consequences. Wait, why do they have, why do they not have their phones? Which we Write should mention. Down. They don't even have, yeah, we need a note for that, that we can keep track of. I have paper that would here. make my life easier. <laughs> no, like a digital note. Two of us have a phone. One does not. That's paper. what I was just I'm explaining. <laughs> yeah, right? I got paper and books. Exactly. I'm going to replay that audio every time you ask for your phone. I have paper. I'm fine. As long as I don't run out of books. Yeah, but Anthony and Jamie, they don't have their phones through all of this either. So They did for a while. And, and then they made choices that didn't allow that anymore. It wasn't working out. What did I do? Yeah. You really want to go into it over a podcast? <laughs> Maybe we talk about <laughs> it later. <laughs> On second thoughts? Let's revisit that off air. But it sucks because does it really matter to me if you get good grades or not? No, that does not impact my life at all. But I can see how it's going to majorly impact your life. So sometimes I get to be the asshole that you hate <laughs> to make sure that stuff gets done. And you're welcome for the extra weeks of summer this <laughs> Because some of your siblings haven't done schoolwork and they're not going to have, you know, um, early time off. One bad grade and I just have to take a whole bunch of pictures. A whole bunch of pictures that he keeps forgetting to ask about. So one final one that she suggests (laughs) is that easy to be around adults don't comment on appearance. They trust that their kids will we'll revisit how we feel about this after they trust that their kids are showing up in whatever way they feel most comfortable. They accept young people as is knowing that even the most well-intentioned quote suggestions regarding appearance feel like rejections of who they are. Unless you're being incredibly sarcastic and it's funny because it's not mean if it's hilarious. That's true. It's not mean if it's hilarious. That's kind of my thoughts on it. I was like, you know what? If I'm being sarcastic and it's funny, it's It's funny. sorry deal with it but i I understand where she's coming from you know if you're worried and this is more from the space of you know i can't believe you're wearing that or you look like a slut or you know stuff like that or pull your pants up i told him he looked like a slut i mean you weren't wrong the shoulder pads yeah the shoulder pads showed off you were very much a hussy (laughs) it went down to like my made calves (laughs) But the shoulder pads, definitely a hussy. (laughs) Oh, and guess what I found out? As for the whole presentation debacle, she goes on to say, (gasps) I was able to find it very early that morning in a remote location called OneDrive I didn't even know existed. And although it was around one o'clock in the morning, I suddenly felt awake and excited. So she was excited to have the opportunity to share about her new book and, you know, an audience that was very open and, um, to really apply her insights and she expected him to be really receptive, but there was one, she said, there's nothing that could have prepared her for this one particular teen that approached her. She just said, can I just hug you? And when they hugged, she let out an audible sigh of relief and said, thank you. Like this teen needed to hear that. So she was very grateful to have that opportunity. She thought, thank goodness for second chances, third chances and 42nd chances. (laughs) 
She said, it's, it's not the end. It's the beginning, you know, struggles shared are struggles halved. I like that. Halved like in half shared equally. Um, I, you know, she says, I could not find what this young person had lost any more than Natalie could find my misplaced presentation. But simply seeing this young woman and her pain provided the fuel she needed to move forward with hope. Quote, feeling seen and heard enables human beings to reach their highest potential. End quote. I'd said those exact words in the talk, but this young person knew by the cracks in my voice that it wasn't just talked. talk. I've lived it. I've practiced it. And now the people around me can breathe easier and so can I. So it's not too late to become whoever, who you never thought you'd be. Thank goodness we have the chance to love better once we know better. So I guess what I struggle with is where's the line between being approachable and all these, you know, an easy to be around adult. Because to me that sounds a lot like friendship, right? This is the qualities I want to have in a friend. Mm, I don't know that that's what she's saying. But that's what I'm taking from it. Okay. I mean, when I when I hear her say an easy to be around adult, that's still just the interaction between someone younger and yourself as the adult, not necessarily looking to mimic an adult relationship. It's different intention to me. Okay. I mean, you can finish your thought. Sorry, but no, that's a devil's have advocate. That thought anymore. That thought's now disappeared. <laughs> devil's advocate from my side, because you were talking about how it's a fine line. Between being their friend, and that's the intention to me. The intention is not to be their friend. The intention is to be the kind of adult who is approachable and easy to be around. Therefore, they'll be around and learn more from us, in theory. It just feels like they're tiny terrorists that hold Uh their relationship hostage. And we can only be friends or friendly or have a relationship on their terms. Oh, yeah, I don't see it that way at all. I still have expectations of... You need to participate in family stuff and be around. And there's one particular teen I'm having a really hard time, you know, incorporating any of that. Anthony. Don't call me out on the podcast. Present, com- <laughs> present company included. I think you mean excluded. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember what movie that was from. Present company included. It's just, it's a lot. And I've got my own other relationships to deal with and worry about and think. It's all about you, princess. It is. I had a, that phrase, I say that all the time because I had a boss who would say that to all of the male employees in a restaurant I worked at. We were Applebee's in St. George and he was such a jerk. He was one of those people that was mean to a fault, you know, the way he'd pick on people. And one of the things he'd always say is, it's not all about you, princess. Or he'd say, it's all about you, princess. So that's where that comes from. So, Anthony, this week we're going to talk about how I can be more approachable. Okay. You've been forewarned. Prepare to talk. Take a look. <laughs> Maybe warn the other kids. Have them take down some notes. <laughs> Plan ahead. It's just hard because there's no real feedback. And that's what I struggle with. I want feedback. I want this is... I want more information. So I don't have to fill in so many... blank spaces. Well, and then you're kind of filling in the gaps, right? Gaps, that's the word I said. Making up stories, which may or may not be true. It's just hard. Life's hard. Get used to it. I like to be more approachable, (laughs) but I also get to be the jerk to keep you on the right path. 
and to not say I told you so is the worst thing in the world. It's so hard. It's physically painful for me. You can bite a hole through your tongue doing that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's my new goal, to be uh, easy to be around adult. Yeah, and I think the, the point is, like, with the highlights that she mentions and how, you know, what easy to be around adults do and don't do, they don't always expect conversation. They don't take bad attitudes and grumpy dispositions from others personally. They don't interrogate. They don't judge decisions. They don't have all the answers. They don't expect perfection. And they don't comment on appearance. Those are all pretty easy things that just make it a comfortable situation for anyone really, but especially young people. Kent, this might be rough for you. Take a look. (laughs) It's going to be very rough for me. Because I am going to judge you. I do know better. And <laughs> you do those have glasses all the look horrible. Why are you wearing my glasses? <laughs> oh, that's just your face. <laughs> See, it's not mean if it's no, hilarious. It's not mean if it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, lots to think about. Lots to do. But I just was thinking the other day when we were with our friend Angie. Is it easy to be around the people I'm around a lot? Or is it hard to be around the people I'm a lot? I'm around a lot. How so? Because like with Angie, I'm not really around her a lot. So it's fun to be around her, you know, and we have a fun connection. But we're not in each other's day-to-day lives, really. Right. But the people that I am in their day-to-day life, am I fun to be around or are they like, ugh? Because I get sick of myself sometimes. Are they sick of me too? (laughs) I think think we all do. Yeah, I think... sick of me too? (laughs) Sick of ourselves is what I meant. You're not wrong. I wasn't sure how to respond. (laughs) No, but when you're around, I see what you're saying. When you're around the same kind of people all the time, your your tribe, your people that you see all the time, you're more likely to get on each other's nerves. And, you know, that's why there's that honeymoon period when you first get married or in a relationship and then it wears off, you know, and you start getting on each other's nerves. The thing that you loved about that person now just drives you freaking insane. And it's the very same behavior. It's interesting how that changes over time. Well, even just your kids with quarantine. Oh, we're around each other a lot. Suggested stay-at-home isolation. You quarantine <laughs> sick people. It's uh, tyranny when you restrict the movement of non-sick people. I'm just going to say the buzzwords I hear on the news, okay? Yes. Yeah, quarantine. A lot of people are calling it that, but to the medical field, that means something entirely different. Because there are people that are actually quarantining, and that's what our friend is doing, a friend <laughs> in the neighborhood. That's legit quarantine. She is still sick. She should not be out. Or should she have people over? Legit quarantine. But for us, it's just been a recommended stay-at-home order, not even mandatory. Even and I still it. won't wear a mask. What? We don't even follow it. Yes, we do. Government. Yes, we do. We totally. Everything. Big Brother is watching. Now, I, we've gone out more than I think most. But we're still not. The kids aren't out yet. <laughs> you haven't gotten arrested, so it hasn't gotten that far. <laughs> you have not been able to play in a park. It's true. Yeah, we should go play at the park and see what happens. <laughs> I just got an announcement, actually, that Saratoga Springs, I, I think it was an email, or maybe on Facebook, that they're doing virtual splash days the first weekend of June. The first week of June. Like, I'm sorry, what? A virtual carnival? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? How? Are, I mean, I get it. They do lots of performances and stuff that can be virtual, but how do, do, how do you do? How do you do the bubble at a splash? Going on like the tilt a whirl, and you're just watching the girl GoPro. Fight. Watching them go. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Oh, interesting times we live in. But we appreciate you guys listening. 
Let us know if there's anything that you want Kent to work on while he's working on all this other stuff. <laughs> if you want to add to the list anything you've noticed that you feel like would be a good invitation well, I'm for him. my family to start listening. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Don't make changes. <laughs> yes. On a public forum, call him out. Uh, I was just thinking of someone specifically and I almost said it, but thank goodness I can bite my tongue. I can't. Everyone, you reach- end this so you can tell me. I love Every- you. Goodbye. Everyone reach out to Kent. <laughs> love you. Bye.